0: Welcome to the Professional Ag Marketing Podcast. If you want a deep dive into the ag markets and risk management strategies, your search is over. Come here after every Friday to get your weekly commodity recap. Trading commodity futures and options involves substantial risk of loss and is not suitable for all investors. This is your host, Mike Miner. Let's get started. Today is May 6th. I've got Pat Von Tersch with us here today. How's it going, Pat? It's
1: going good, Mike. How are you?
0: Very good, but what a wild week for news and uh, market-moving events.
1: You know, Mike, I come to look forward to our Friday afternoon chats here, and we're, now we're going to talk about like we, as if we know what the market's going to do. This will be fun, won't it?
0: Well, that's exciting. Everybody <laughs> else does it. Why can't we? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Well, we're going to have a pretty full uh, wrap-up of commodities today from corn, soybeans, a little bit of wheat, some outside market influence, and then uh, we're going to touch on some main topics with uh, hogs today. How's that sound, Pat? Sounds great. Awesome. Well, in the corn market, we had a uh, hot start to the week here after the crop progress report only came out at 14% planted. We've been a little bit slow on the planting progress. They're hoping for a little bit more. Uh, last year at this time, we were 42% planted, 33% as an average. So, uh, looks like we're going to get some more done this next week. As the weather uh, has some sporadic rains, but it's going to be. Uh, a little bit uh, warmer weather, and uh, guys can get out in the field a little bit more next week. Pat, do you have any comments on planning progress so, this far? This
1: yeah, far? it doesn't matter i, I and that's Perfect. A- <laughs> that's a great
0: conclusion next point
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly i we talk about this every year as if there's mm-hmm. like some question whether or not uh, the corn crop is gonna get planted and and uh it will of course uh it will be a little bit late, of course, but um the 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 probability of that having a major impact or even really any impact on final yields here in the U.S., still low probability, I would argue. Yeah,
0: and it was interesting because as we say that, I mean, we had corn down basically – 20 cents most of today on i I couldn't find much besides news of it's going to be good planting next week right
1: that's right and uh, i do think there's a couple other points that's put some pressure on this corn market over the, the last week and and so it is about planning progress i suppose it is also about um you know the 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 chatter coming out of uh, Brazil on that second corn crop down there seems to be improving. We've seen yeah. a couple private analyst estimates, and and they maybe uh, were a bit more optimistic than than some of the disaster stories that we've heard about over the last couple of weeks with with the rain shutting off there uh, towards the end of their their growing season. So you know maybe there's a little bit uh, uh, bigger crop uh, coming out of Brazil than what was advertised the last couple of weeks. Um, And then the last thing is just China... And the fact that they still have a ton of corn on the books for old crop. And, you know, there's a couple different uh, uh, folks that have made the observation this week that, like, even if they did pick up the pace here, we're just not real sure that logistically they could pull everything they have on the books today, uh, you know, during the summer, especially given their port shutdowns due to trying to, to manage their COVID concerns and those sorts of things. And so, anyway, there's really maybe like three things that are going on there in the corn market that's taken us now over 30 cents off their highs you know on December and so um, I, we, I wonder if we don't see just a little bit of follow-through on that as we go through the next week or two and and see a little bit of a correction here I just say all of that to say this I mean I you still have a a global balance sheet on feed grains that's pretty tight and likely projected to be even tighter for next year and so Um, When that monthly supply and demand report comes out here in 10 days or so, uh, it'll be the USDA's first, uh, I guess, official estimate on a balance sheet for new crop. Um, But it uh, is probably going to echo uh, the observations that we've been trying to make for a while here is that, boy, you plant less than 90 million corn acres this spring, uh, even if you do achieve a, a 180 yield, which is trend, but a record uh, if you export as much corn as what we are going to this year, next year, you're tightening that balance sheet year over year. And I, and so we talk about planning delays and all that stuff, and I kind of make fun of, make fun with it, but would just say that, uh, the biggest issue as it relates to the corn market and, uh, this spring so far is the probability of us really struggling to get more acres and Mm -hmm. so at least at least relative to March intentions and so I think that's going to be the storyline as we go here Uh, the the need for a trend line or better crop uh, in the northern hemisphere (laughs) U.S. in particular is uh, is very great here with a tightening balance sheet and so the the uh, the market's going to be very sensitive to any weather concerns that might pop Mm -hmm. up as we go.
0: And next week's report there, uh, as we head into that... Um, we've seen really good demand here recently, so it'll be interesting. I think a lot of the focus points will be on that. You know, When it comes to yield, I, they'll just use trend line. Acres, they'll use what they had from the last report. So it'll be a lot of focus for next year's uh, crop balance sheet for the first time coming out on the demand side. And then don't forget about the world uh, numbers as well as the Brazil numbers could be pretty volatile in that report. So that report's on Thursday next yep. week?
1: Yeah. so that'll be that, that'll uh, interesting. You're right. That's a great point. It'll be interesting to see how that, uh, um, what, what's the USDA's guesses on the Brazil, Brazilian crop on that report as well? Yeah.
0: And then on the other side of grains here, you know, many countries going into uh, this russian Ukraine's battle that they've been having, uh, they've kind of looked towards other sources for their, uh, uh, for their grain I- imports. So uh, a lot of them had been looking at India in the recent weeks, and it kind of came out this week that due to a deficit in their supply, they had a really hot March and April, um, they could be potentially— holding back exports going forward um, if that crop does start to shrink a little bit. But it's worth noting that's the second largest wheat crop they're probably ever expecting this year with increased acres. Kind of we're expecting it. They had a little bit of a a taste of exports last year for kind of the first time because they normally don't export anything. So it'll be interesting to see what India does uh, going forward on the wheat side because we saw Kansas City wheat up 50 cents yesterday. And you know, corn market was kind of down the last couple of days, so that was interesting,
1: right? So there's a little bit of a dichotomy going on there. To your point, but in addition to that, this is the second week in a row now where we've had, uh, you know, palm oil, you know, two weeks ago, and now, and now wheat uh, here, where you have a country that's uh, doing a little bit of hoarding or some concern about allowing for free markets uh, to occur uh, via export, and so um, that's a certainly an indication of of many people becoming increasingly concerned about exactly what we're talking here, mm-hmm. right? You've got balance sheets globally that continue to tighten here, and you're, you're right. It's, uh, you know, the Russian-Ukraine uh, crisis is bringing a particular acuteness to this discussion. But, um, you know, in addition to that, we're not getting perfect weather in different growing regions, really for a couple of years now. So we've had some struggles mm-hmm. from a production perspective all across the globe.
0: And it's funny how all these things are connected a little bit there, too, because even on the outside market influences here, commodities were kind of supported here late in the week after the EU said that they might put sanctions on Russia for their energy imports. So like you just said, everything is kind of starting to mix together, and uh, um, it'll be interesting to see how the outside market influence uh, happens uh, as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and along those lines, if we just maybe wanted to jump into that, Mike, you know, we had uh, maybe you want to comment for for everyone uh, <clears throat> what's. Uh, Uh, what the feds decided to do this week on interest rates
0: yeah so they raised 50 basis points which was basically just as expected or half a percent increase in their meeting and uh, as we move forward into june they had kind of shut down the idea of making rate hikes more than that in the future so they they thought that was maybe uh, more bullish news on the stock markets but, uh, you know, they, they said maybe half a point was about right there, or 50 basis points was about right. So as they move forward to try to uh, kind of curb inflation... With that, um, it really hit the the stock market for one uh, that's really went down over the past few days and uh, more talks about uh, the Fed have being highly attentive to reacting to inflation and uh, kind of spurring some of the conf- uh, spurring some concerns down the road uh, that they've talked about in the past. So this was a big step for them as you know a lot of people came out and said this was probably past due. But um, it, they're getting, uh, getting some of these rate hikes done. And with this um, and with uh, uh, them trying to get their balance sheet in order, this really supports the, the interest rates, which supports the U.S. dollar going up. So that U.S. dollar, as that goes up, it's going to make anything with a U.S. origin export look a little bit less attractive in the future. So, right.
1: so that's a pretty important point, right? We've got the dollar trading as high as it's traded recently. Mm-hmm. It's a, if it if it goes much higher than this, we have to go all the way back to. 2000 2001 2002 in that area to uh, find levels that we've traded higher than this and so um, for those of us that uh, are in the game of exporting commodities which that's probably everyone listening on this call i hope so (laughs) um around this podcast i would just say that uh, um, that's a concerning thing a strong u.s currency and so um you know the 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 thought process would be is that is that that's going to continue to maintain itself as long as we continue to have increased uncertainty as it relates to geo, geopolitics globally and the actions to your point that the, the federal reserve is with the fed that the feds are taking as it relates to interest rates and and keep in mind that you know what the feds are doing they raise interest rates they're trying to create a recession on purpose Mm-hmm. right i mean we're they're they're trying to slow down economic activity and so it's a pretty dangerous game that gets involved here in terms of uh, of of them meandering their way through this minefield the right way that it doesn't uh, um cool things off from an economic activity perspective uh too quickly so as you mentioned dollar on trading on highs stock market trading on lows Um it's been a while since we've been this low in the mm-hmm. stock market too. the previous two or three times that we've been down to these levels it's held so we'll see and then we say all of that and by the way crude oil is now trading on kind of uh i mean it's trading at the top end of, of, of the trading range it's been in for a while and that has more to do with how we started this conversation which is the you know, the Europeans uh, uh, making or placing more sanctions on, on Russian energy. And so, awful lot of things going on from an external perspective. But um, net, net of it all, um, a strong dollar and a slowdown in economic activity, generally, that's not a great uh, a sort of underlying support for commodities.
0: Mm-hmm. How about the livestock? Uh, you know, if we touch on hogs here a little bit this afternoon, uh, we saw a pretty hard sell-off for a while there and finally found a little glimmer of hope and uh, found some technical bounce there. Uh, what do you got to say about the hog complex in in general? Yeah,
1: so so, so you're right. We did a fair amount of volatility in, in hog futures again this week, a significant correction from the, the highs that we're trading at here. But... You know the, it, it, the, the. Uh, I think the real storyline on hogs is that there isn't really a storyline on hogs. I mean, we've had a CME index that's been locked into a hundred bucks since the first part of March. And that still hasn't traded. I, I don't remember a time where we've been as stagnant as we are. We keep talking about 5% less pigs and there is. We keep talking about how good demand should be with M2 money supply and, and, uh, you know, people getting out and, and, and all those things. But supply and demand are almost perfectly aligned here. It must be. We can't move the index from 100. We can't move. Uh, cut out you know outside of a one 105 to 110 sort of a range and so sooner or later we'll break out of there. we're not going to be at 100 bucks forever of course but um boy in the meantime here you got this this futures market that's bouncing around all over the place like there's some something happening and and we just keep trudging along from a from a cash and cutout perspective on a pretty straight line here. So anyway, I'm, I'm expecting as we go forward here that, that, uh, we'll see a slight appreciation in index as we go into the summer months, which we normally do. Uh, and so, um, you know, one thing, Mike, I would just say, maybe this is one step back on everything, but you know, in these volatile times, high prices, low prices, all of these things, it does seem like seasonals have worked pretty well. Right, and the season there's a strong seasonal tendency for us to to get some some risk management opportunities on all commodities. You know, coming up here in the May June timeframe, historically, it's a good time to be thinking about such things, and and maybe this year won't be any different.
0: Interesting observation there about the seasonals. One wouldn't maybe have expected that with all of this volatility and kind of black swan like events. Any uh, finishing touches today's show.
1: Oh, thanks, everyone, for taking the time to, to, to listen to Mike and I talk through these markets here. We uh, appreciate the opportunity to engage with anyone, and, and please don't hesitate to give us a call if you have any questions that would be uh, specific to your operation.
0: And thank you to all our listeners. Please reach out to us from our website at com, or check out our newly added hog-specific podcast named Hog Market Talk that's released every Thursday. Trading commodity futures and options involve substantial risk and loss that is not suitable for all investors.